I also want to mention this thing that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. about some people not knowing how to spell solidarity, like, because they keep hearing about it and thinking it's S-O-U-L-darity. Oh, yeah. And that's so funny to me because I, like, never even thought of it as being soul. It's actually, I'm not, I'm not sad that we didn't go with that name. Yeah. But I I think that would have been... Sort of a missed opportunity in a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But I do like the feminine Mm -hmm. touch that we, we have with our title, so... Hi and welcome to Solidarity Podcast. This is Bridget. And I'm Kelly. And we are sitting in my bed. Which is a bunk bed. No, it's not. It's a loft. Whatever makes you (laughs) feel better. It does make me feel better because I'm 28 (laughs) and I cannot cannot have a bunk bed. Whatever makes you feel better. Okay, great. Thanks. (laughs) I receive and I accept. (laughs) One of the things that actually bothers me right now about this is that I put this sheet on Mm-hmm. With the saguaros facing the wrong way. downwards, mm-hmm. I sleep the other way. Why would I do that? Wait, which like if this this was facing the other way, it would be like me, like the arms. Oh, okay. <laughs> be like me when I sleep. I'm a saguaro. For those of you who don't know what a saguaro is, it's the classic cactus. The thing that you think is called a cactus or a saguaro is called a saguaro. <laughs> but a lot of people who are listening to to this are from here so they like know like what 88 percent yeah it's most yeah. <laughs> just most kelly and i wanted to spend today's podcast or maybe you know this week and the next weeks depending on how long this conversation goes talking about why we're single and that's or at least why we think yeah we're exactly so i, I want to say like why we're single but it is it's assumptions it's like what goes on in our head and the reason this is important in my opinion, is because I think this is how single life is. At least if you haven't been married before. You're like, why hasn't it happened for me yet? We ask that question to ourselves and we spend so much time rationalizing or making up like, I don't know, excuses. And I just really wanted to share my heart and my vulnerability just because I know that you're all out there and maybe have thought the same things about yourself and you might have you might even have thought the same things about yourself and not be single <laughs> because this is just a human experience you know because the question might not be why am i single but why am i not loved that mm-hmm. might be really what's going on and i think it's important i mean bridget or you use this word but just to be vulnerable i mean i think there's a lot of importance in that and a lot of ways that can really reach people, you know, so I think some of the times that you feel most encouraged or most understood are the times in which you or somebody is being vulnerable, and you're able to share the things that you feel or your perceptions and to hear somebody say, yeah, me too, you know, that kind of... Exactly. That validation that, oh yeah, I'm not the only person that is dealing with this, you know, emotion or feeling. Yeah, so we've been having a lot of fun 
doing podcasts with guests because we just play off of their energy really well. And I think something, and maybe you and I have talked about this before, but I think that we're really similar in the way that we just really love people. And so getting to sort of partner with you and loving whoever's sitting with us, I think it's a kind of a different experience than just me and you together. But what was happening was we kept having phone calls Kelly and I, like Kelly calls me and I love that. I love that you call me and she'll just talk about something that happened. Like she's gotten to hang out with Akarsh and Daniel and she's just like, oh, it was so fun. You know, we're catching up. But then we start talking about life and our hearts and we kind of have these great conversations where we're like, oh my gosh, we should have recorded that. So I thought since I'm going away for the summer where I can't record, we need to have some of our more serious conversations. I really want the audience to hear our hearts. This is like where solidarity lies, you know, the most. Yeah, so I, I'm i not even sure how we start this because... Do you, do you want me to like start? Yeah, do you feel ready to like <laughs> start talking about it? Yeah, okay. I mean it's... Is this the good question to ask? Why do you think you're single, Kelly? Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I think... When I really sit down and think about it and really kind of like center my heart and when I'm with people that know me really well and love me really well, the answers are much different Mm. than the answers that are just kind of like in my head day to day are like in my head when it feels like, oh, another guy that's not interested in me or, you know, whatever, when, when I'm in a kind of maybe like weaker state. So I feel like there's kind of two sides to how I will answer that question. So the first side would be... I think one thing I super struggle with is not feeling beautiful and just feeling, like, physically unattractive. And and that's, like, another thing. I mean, we could spend, like, we're girls. Like, we could spend a whole hour talking about this probably, but... Yeah. To try to, to try that break to try to break it down in a somewhat, like, timely manner. Like, yeah, I don't... I, like, I think it's, like, a... Like, a true statement to say, I would not be, like, a model. Like, I am not your standard perfect body, like, perfect face. I'm not even somebody that... I don't put necessarily a lot of time into even how I look. Like, I don't I don't wear a lot of makeup. I don't really, like, spend a lot of time in my hair. Like, I guess looks... Like, how I look and stuff is, is just not the number one, like, priority in my life. And I, and I like, know that. And even in, like, addition to that, yeah, like, I just, I just get and understand and accept that I'm not, you know, we've said this before, but I'm not that hot girl at the bar that's just going to be picked up. That's just not, that's not who I am. That's not really going to happen. Um, and I think with that, like, I think that's a journey where I've had to be, like, okay with it. And I've had to, like, accept it in the sense of just, like, I don't feel like, you know, I have to look a certain way, you know, I don't feel like being like physically attractive is like the number one priority or should it be the number one priority like it's not going to be something where I'm gonna starve myself or take unhealthy measures to try to like better myself you know and and then there's kind of this other side of it as well that's like um it just doesn't really matter it shouldn't matter I mean physical attraction is important to some extent but I'm definitely a firm believer that like when you actually find the person that you want to be with, that's just going to be such a secondary thing. Like, it's just going to come naturally, mm-hmm. you know? And, and of course, like, initial attraction can be, like, important. But I just, I feel like when somebody really wants to be with you and that chemistry is there, that's not actually 
I don't know, like, looks, I think, are just so, like, they're just not as important, you know, as our society especially really wants us to believe. Mm-hmm. And we're we're always bombarded with that. We're always yeah. bombarded with, like, images and the idea of trying to look a certain way. So... I think that's one thing I struggle with is, you know, maybe I'm just not beautiful enough. Like, maybe mm-hmm. guys just don't find me attractive. Maybe yeah. even, you know, one guy is just never going to find me attractive. And, and that's just that's just the truth of how I feel, you know, or what I've struggled with, I guess, with thinking. And, and then I think there's a lot of things, like, to some extent, I'm fairly self-aware. Like, I, I know that I'm argumentative. I know that I'm, I'm selfish. I know that I'm not always an easy person to get along with. I know that I'm passionate and that can lead into being argumentative. I know these things. I know I can be self-sabotaging in relationships. Like, mm. So there's a lot of things that I think I'm like aware of that I, I'm like, yeah, it's going to take a certain type of guy to um, to kind of complete me, I guess, in those ways and to be a guy that's able to be like compatible Mm-hmm. with those, you know, personality things. And mm-hmm. Bridget and I just listened to this really good podcast that we really liked. And I think that was about a girl talking about her singleness. And I think one of the things that I really loved about it is she kind of did, like, just a part of the episode, she kind of did a part where she talked about why she why she might think she's single. And um, I think that this just spoke volumes. She kind of did this thing where she's like, sometimes I think that I'm too successful but also I think I'm not successful enough. Like, it was kind of this list of sometimes I think I'm this, but then I'm just not enough of it, too. Yeah. And I think that that, certainly that mindset or that, like, you know, mentality can be applied to men with some circumstances, for sure. But I think, to me, that is such a feminine struggle. Yes. Yeah, that balance of feeling like you're too much, but you're not enough. And often it's about the exact same thing. So I feel that. Like, I feel that a lot. Like, oh, okay, like, sometimes I'm too passionate, which leads into me being argumentative but also maybe sometimes I'm not passionate enough and so that causes you know people to to be turned away or turned off or that kind of thing so yeah I think those two things and then the kind of like final main thing I would struggle with too is I'm a very sarcastic person and I love humor and I really get that from my dad my dad's very sarcastic my dad also loves humor I mean I just love it I think I think comedy is amazing I absolutely love it I just I love it on like almost this intellectual level of wanting to like analyze it and like (laughs) you know examine these different types of comedy and I'm just like obsessed with it and I love making people laugh and I love being with people that make me laugh and it's just really really important to me and yeah I mean I think that can be I don't know maybe intimidating or can even be hurtful depending on what I'm saying and what kind of humor I'm using with somebody that might not find that kind of humor funny or they might find it to be too much and so I feel like that's actually has been like an issue is Mm -hmm. and it kind of goes both ways you know like I'm not Maybe I'm interacting with somebody and it's just like, oh, okay, like, if their sense of humor is not there, it's just not really, you know, I just don't feel find myself very attracted to them. Yeah. Or I don't really find there to be, like, a lot of chemistry, I guess is a better way to say that. Mm-hmm. But then there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm, ha-, like, I feel like, oh, I'm having so much time laughing with this person and being sarcastic and being a goofball and being whatever. And, and then, you know, maybe it doesn't work out or whatever. And then it feels like, well, maybe I was just too goofy. Maybe I was too sarcastic. Oh, man. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe my humor is just, like, too much, and I don't know. So I feel like that can be something as well that I've, like, um, I've, like, struggled with. Like, yeah, and told yourself. Yeah, and, like, yeah. told myself, oh, okay, that's, like, an issue, like. Yeah. Yeah, or even, like, you weren't clever enough, you weren't funny enough, you weren't this, so, like, 
humor, I think, in, in its own weird way, has been kind of this, like, battle as well. For sure. So I think those are some of the main things that I struggle with. And mm-hmm. I think along with humor, too, like, that can be something that maybe I find hard to match with in, you know, a Christian environment in the church. <laughs> um, finding, like, a guy that has the same belief structure as myself and, you know, also loves Jesus but then also shares, like, a really similar sense of humor. I mean, it just kind of feels yeah. like a rarity. Yeah. As long as far as, like, with single guys. There's plenty of married guys in my church that we have the exact same sense of humor. Yeah. And it's so fun, and we joke around all the time, but... Which, you know, in some ways, it's like, it, like, it's hopeful. Like, oh, they exist. Right. So, there's got to be some unmarried ones. <laughs> yeah. But we just don't know. Yet. We just don't know. Yeah. No, I could see that for sure. And also, you have sort of, like, an, I'm going to say edgy sense of humor, where you're going to joke about things that aren't necessarily, like, Christian-y, you know? Like... Sure. Yeah. And, because you're not afraid of that, you know? And yeah. so, and there's just people who are not going to even go there. Right. You know, and right. and that would bore you, but. Yeah, and it's, it's I mean, it's, I like, yeah, I always, I always love the way you, like, kind of describe things, but, yeah, it sounds funny. <laughs> like, I, I don't mean it to sound, like, inflated or anything, but I think, yeah, I just think one of my stronger qualities is humor. I mean, that's something that I, I really love, and I think, in all honesty, that's something that's been hard about the podcast for me, is being, yeah. like, so judgmental, like, oh, that joke was stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I'm there. not funny enough, or is my humor, like, coming off, and it's... Yeah, that's true, you have that, struggled yeah, with that. I have, for sure. And, and I'm sitting there, like, why? Because <laughs> yeah. I do think you're funny. I do think that, like, we can overdo it sometimes when we're, like, having to perform, like, right. we've talked about that, so I get that, too, yeah. where you're like, oh, that wasn't really genuine. That was just, like, me trying to Yeah, and that's something I reaction. catch myself in, for sure, when I'm in any kind of environment where it feels, like, maybe tempting to be, like, an entertainer. Yeah. That's where I'm always kind of that hindsight. I'm like, oh, I don't really like that. Yeah. But side it's of just me. how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, exposed. You're exposed. Right. <laughs> and that's great. Bridget, why do you think you're single? In simple terms, I would say just because I am. That's my best answer and most true answer. But that is not what goes on in my head ever. That's like the, that is a good answer that honors me and you, you know? But the story of my romantic experience is one of a lot of me putting myself out there. And you'd think I would have lost hope by now you know, and not try it again. But I really think love is worth it. And so, and I believe that I would thrive in an intimate relationship. And I don't think that's a wrong or weird thing to think uh, for any of us. So I just, I'll do it again and again. And I'll have these wonderful guys who really love me, you know, deeply, but they just, for whatever reasons, will not date me. And it, it gets confusing. And there's, so many times where it's like my coping with that is let me rationalize why they have said no to me when they wanted a lot of my attention and love or they put me in a position in their life that they shouldn't have like of being someone important to them and treated me like a girlfriend in a lot of ways you know it wasn't fair but so I I make up a lot of crap and a lot of it has to do with them like I want to say oh they're so dumb they're such idiots but like I love them so they're not really, and I have very great taste, so they're really amazing guys. But I think to myself, man, I've watched certain guys just go cuckoo ham 
over some girls. But I'll just tell this like little mini story. Zoe, my roommate, and I were at a local coffee shop. There was this really cute guy, like this barista, and he like had a, you know, tat that was like Christian or whatever. So you like know he loves Jesus, which, you know, favorite attribute of a human (laughs) is if someone knows the answer to their soul and so I was talking to him about his tattoo and then Zoe and I go sit back down in our seats and we're just kind of giggling about how cute he is and whatever and I'm like it's fine like he probably has a girlfriend because that's how it goes like most Christian guys have girlfriends because there's so many girls to choose from that are amazing and um, she's probably just more adorable than I could handle even and is just the cutest on Instagram and is probably like becoming a teacher or a nurse right now she's probably like a little little bit younger than him (laughs) and I just named this caricature of a girl right that like is so unfair it's like oh she's just little miss perfect and that's what guys want and that's what's good and so really what that says about me is that I think because I'm not tinier than I am if I was just all just skin and bones and blonde hair and just a sweetheart then guys would be falling over themselves for me and I'm not I'm I'm not a sweetheart oh my gosh if anyone described me as that I would laugh I'm so mean in my head I choose to be kind though But I'm not always, you know, and I I think my personality is really strong. And if no one else will be a leader in a room, I will. And if no one else is talking and I feel like we need to be having conversation and friendship, I'll talk. But it's just, I take the lead. I take charge. So I think that what you see is what you get with me. People could sit and tell me who I am and what they think of me with only of having one or two experiences. And I do think that I'm really lovable. But what it boils down to again and again mostly for me is I think they must just really think I'm ugly. So I have that same issue with my beauty. And part of it is because sometimes I do just think I'm ugly. Like I think I'm not, I'm not the hottie, you know? So I like totally relate to you there, but I care way more about it than you do. And so I like envy that a little bit in you, but I also have reasons why I think that I'm ugly. I was told a lot of my growing up that I was fat and ugly and stupid. Mm. So I was bullied and I I don't think I realized the implications of that on my life until these last few years, like out of college and my adulthood. When you don't have to think about homework anymore, like <laughs> you've like you can actually think about yourself and I just, uh, I don't know. I just was like, man, I have beauty issues, you know? Right. I'm glad that in a lot of ways those beauty issues didn't turn into deeper issues to try to prove myself, but I would like peace in my mind about it because I do think about it a lot. Like, will these people notice my fat rolls? Will they notice how wide I am? The things I notice. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, like, we're similar in a lot of ways. Like, I don't really try crazy hard. (laughs) Like, I'll wear eye makeup, but I don't like any other makeup. So Mm -hmm. if I have zits, you will see them. Sometimes I get ambitious and I'm like, I'm going to curl my hair in the cutest way. And I do half my head and I'm done. You know? (laughs) And I, like, literally just throw it all up into some kind of ponytail or something. Because I'm like, this is hurting my arms. And (laughs) I just can't, you know? And so I'm just not that Instagram perfect little sweetie pie that, like, I imagine is what guys will go cuckoo for and do anything for. Maybe I expose myself as, like, more of a challenge, you know, or whatever. So in my heart, I go, I really must not... I I like to use this phrase, and I know it's going to make some people cringe out there, but I love using it for that reason. But I just don't think I tickle every guy's pickle. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not crazy about that. I love it. (laughs) 
So anyway, I think I don't tickle guys' pickles, and it's just... <laughs> they're mad at me for that. <laughs> you gotta put the explicit on now. Explicative for, Explicative for that. tickling pickles. Um, oh, gosh. That's my, my you know, lighthearted way to put it. And, you know, it was, and it's like, you can't make someone attracted to you. Right. You know, but it, that makes you think you're not attractive. It's like, no. How many guys have I not been attracted to but are attractive? Guys. Plenty. You right. know? So it's like logically, I can understand why this is very false way of thinking, right? But you, I still have pain about it, you know. Yeah. So that's mine that feels really real to me, and then the other one is what actually have has come out of the guys' mouths because they love me and they value me deeply, actually. And they're not saying I'm just not into you, Bridget, or I just don't think you're beautiful, because <laughs> they wouldn't. They're smart, but <laughs> <laughs> what they do say sometimes is like essentially. You deserve better than me. And, like, I do hear you're too fill in the blank. Like, they don't feel mature enough for me or they don't feel good enough for me. And I have not communicated that with them. Like, that's my choice to make, right? And that might, I don't know. I don't like to believe that that's just their lie to make it sound good because guys just aren't always that, they're not that manipulative or they're not that, like, they're not, they're not trying to sugarcoat it. Like, why would you say that, you know? But I had one guy tell me, you're just so wise, Bridget. You're just so wise. Like, like as if I don't, I was like, why do you keep saying that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it felt like his way of saying, like, you're too old for me. And <laughs> I just, I can't get it out of my head that you are this person that is maybe, like, above me in some way. Like, you put me on a pedestal. And I think sometimes these guys do that. They put me on a pedestal. And they don't think that they can, like, handle me or something like that. And that doesn't actually bring me any pain. It's just weird and confusing to me. Because I'm like, I, I messed up. I do stupid stuff all the time. I'm not the best of the best. Or I'm like, I don't, I don't belong on a pedestal. Like, I belong as a normal human. To have normal human relationships and interactions, you know. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can, like, rationalize the truth out of all of that like I can say things like (laughs) it's about these guys and not about me which is true but it's like how do you get the logic the like the true things down to your heart right and I think that's like the vulnerable part because you and I just listed off reasons why we think we're single or it's like why we perceive that we're single you know but that's why I say I'm single just because I am and I joke with my family for no lack of trying not to be you Mm -hmm. know And we've admitted, we've done these dating apps. We've done them dead serious to try to, maybe something could happen, right? And then we've done them for fun. And then we've done them experimentally to get dates for a podcast. And I'm like so down to try things. But I think because of the experiences I've had and and being let down, I am like a little shy of putting myself out there again. And it'll probably happen you know, eventually, but I am a little tired. I will admit that. And that's something that isn't fun to share on a podcast. It wasn't even fun to share it with my best friends earlier this month. You know, it was like a month ago. We were all together. And I just said, I think I'm tired of being sad about being single. And it's not like I walk around every day. Like I haven't been sad about it today. You know, I can't even exactly remember the last moment I was really sad about it, except for maybe like four weeks ago. But I just, I carry around this weight of like, what would fix me (laughs) in my sadness would be either having someone or if I didn't want it. And the reality is it's okay that I want it and it's okay to be sad about it. But I just find myself tired of being sad because it's been so long you know? And so I do kind of feel like, so then what do you do? 
you know, like how do you sit in sadness and not try to coach yourself out of it? Like, cause that's how we are. We're like, re- I mean, I think we're resistant to sadness. Like it doesn't feel like the state of emotion that we should be in or is healthy to be in. I yeah. think, but I think that we're afraid of it like more than anything. Like we don't want to feel it or we're uncomfortable by it. Yeah. And I think a lot of my baggage with it is like not wanting people to perceive me as sad. Right. But I also know that because of my personality, people don't usually. People think I'm just floating around fine in life. (laughs) And I've been depressed. Yeah. And part of it was my loneliness. Built up over time feeling again and again and again. Like I was so alone. And not just because of my relationship status, but because of everything. I had to do everything for myself. My whole life was about everyone else. No one was, like, on the sidelines cheering for me or in the game with me. I did not have partnership in, like, I felt any area of my life. This is what I perceived, but not, it's not untrue. How you feel isn't untrue, right? And so I just kept thinking that and thinking that and thinking that. And, you know, when we lived together last year, I don't even know if I can count how many times I just felt so alone because of little things and big things. Yeah, it's, like, really humbling and embarrassing to admit I'm really deeply sad because I feel alone. And I don't know if I told this story on, I don't think I've mentioned this story on this podcast, but I was depressed for two years. Like I, it was like a solid two years and I didn't even like admit it to myself until like six months in. And part of it, the biggest reason was because it was becoming physical. Like, like my body was just so weak. I just knew. And so I told my dad and I was a little worried that he would be like, here's some Bible verses to tell you because he's a preacher dude. And sometimes that's really uplifting. And then, you know, definitely that was a moment I didn't want that. I wanted just real. Sometimes you just kind of need someone to be there with you. I'm like, sure, cool. Bible verses. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it feels like a mask for like not knowing what to say. It feels, yeah. I mean, I I think sometimes it feels like a barrier. Like it's Mm -hmm. easier to kind of, like, you know, quote something or hand over a resource than it is to sit with somebody in pain. Yeah, and be like, I will be with you. So I'm on the phone with my dad because I had just broken out in hives from head to toe, my entire skin surface. And I thought, oh, was it that Thai food I ate? But it wasn't anything different than I've eaten before. But in my soul, I knew, no, this is, like, my stress and my depression, like, for sure. I was in a really, really, like, even just thinking about it makes me feel stressed, but it's a really stressful scenario, and everything felt stressful. Like, my emotions felt stressful, my mind, everything, and then, so then I, I I changed it to my pajamas, and I was like, what the heck? Like, my body was just completely puffed up. Um, So I called him, and I was like, is it possible to get hives on your whole body when you're stressed? And he was like, yeah, it is. But did you eat something, you know, different? And I was like, no, I didn't. And dad, I know it was my stress, you know. He goes, okay, okay, you know, let's, okay, just let me know if anything else changes. He's a nurse, that's why I asked him. And so then later that day, he calls me back just to check up on me. And, I mean, just hear the scenario. I have this loving father. I'm not alone. Like, you know, and here I am, like, this life has been so stressful for me because I felt alone. And that scenario actually made me feel really alone. That, like, made me stressed out. And, and he goes, so Bridget, like, why do you think you're stressed? And I said, said, well, dad, and this is really hard to say, but I'm depressed. Like I, I think I'm depressed. And I was, I braced myself for him to give me my, the Bible verses. 
And he said, why are you depressed, honey? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you want to listen to me. And also that's the scary part of telling someone you're depressed. They they want, I don't know, had no one knows how to deal. So I said, I'm not sure, dad, but I have felt alone for a really long time. And even then, I don't think I knew how long I actually had felt alone, which has been probably most of my life. And he said, why do you feel alone? And I said, well, it's a lot of things, I think. But sometimes it is, it does just feel like it would be easier to be married. And he said, yeah, I understand that. But marriage is really hard, Bridget. And it comes with its own stresses. And sometimes you are alone in marriage. And this, it was just so odd for my dad. Like, what a beautiful moment for him to be so empathetic and encourage me that, like, just because I think something will be my fix, it isn't. So that was beautiful, right? Then a couple weeks later, on Valentine's Day, I'm in Phoenix. I come downstairs, and I'm talking to my mom, and I think I was telling her about how I got broke out in hives. And then we're talking about my, about my dad, and I'm like, Mom, you would never guess. Dad and I had the coolest conversation where he didn't quote Bible verses to me. I told her about the conversation, but before I could even tell her why it was so impactful to me, she was like, she's like, wait, wait, wait you're lonely? Bridget, let's sign you up for Christian Mingle. The whole thing halted with my mom. It was weird because she's deeply intuitive and knows me really well, Mm -hmm. but she just did not hear me past I'm lonely, you know? And like, I'm just the kind of person I'm like, I'm not really asking you to fix the deep problems in my soul. And I am not convinced Even though it feels like it's true, I'm not convinced that a relationship will fix this loneliness. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many benefits of relationship. Um, I know how my family is, too. They don't mean any harm. They're so fun and silly, and we're jokesters. Like, we love to joke around with each other. So it switches immediately to that kind of, like, atmosphere. And even my sister-in-law jumped in and was like, yeah, let's make this profile. And I left. I like got in my car and left and called Kim and I just cried to her and Kim was like, that's messed up. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Like, I'm not crazy, right? So they make a profile for me and my mom's like, 40 guys hit you up. And I make a funny joke about it on Facebook. If my, if, you know, if you find my Christian Mingle account on line, it's my 60 year old mother of four catfishing you. I'm very sorry, (laughs) but you have not fallen in love with me, you know? (laughs) So ends up being really funny, but that was like just a picture of the experience of the weirdness of being single. And like, I don't think singleness was why I was depressed, but as a very romantic person, a very hopeful person, like those things accumulate and you like start to think, how long can I last? Like, feeling this way yeah right and so I I thank God that I'm not depressed anymore that feels like a miracle for sure and I feel like myself and it's way easier being single not depressed yeah makes sense for sure so I don't know that's just what's going on in my head these days I think regarding my singleness not so much a why am I single but a like can I handle it yeah I mean, we kind of said this earlier, you know, I think these answers are kind of the side of us that are just the very honest, reactionary, what is in our brains, you know, or I guess even more so, like, what is in our hearts, probably, you know, what does our hearts actually feel and and perceive, you know, being single, like. All right, friends, well, that's it for part one of why am I single? And I got to say, it was pretty Bridget heavy, which is leaving me feeling raw If you know me in person, I am an open book, but there just feels like this extra amount of 
risk in posting it as a podcast because there are people out there listening who you don't know me and you can make a lot of assumptions about me. But I hope instead any of it speaks to you and it feels relatable and really the main point is you're not alone, right? Solidarity, you're not alone. So part two will come out in two weeks. Sorry that you have to wait. In the meantime, feel free to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you use it on. Share it with your friends. Really, seriously, do it. Go follow us on Instagram. That's probably where we will have the most posts and interaction with you all. And email. If you'd like to email us asking a question or making a suggestion, that would be so awesome. We have been having such a blast doing this podcast. Thank you for those of you who are supporting it so far. I'll talk to you all soon. Also, I will put the link to the podcast that Kelly and I were referencing. It's called Terrible Thanks for Asking. Happy Easter. Happy April. Happy Spring.